Hello, everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Sports Insider Podcast. To start today's episode off, talking about the Bulls who defeated the Hawks last night by a score of 130-118. to Big game from DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic. Uh, DeMar with 35, Vucevic with 24, and Levine with 30. Uh, Vucevic with 17 rebounds in this one. Uh, this big three for the Bulls has been dominating recently, uh, so they keep on keep on playing some really good basketball here. Uh, Bulls had a tough first quarter. Trey Young in this one, who had just returned from the COVID-19 protocols uh, for his first game in in, uh, in a couple days. Uh, he dropped 29 points in 40 minutes. So he had a pretty nice first quarter. Uh, Kobe White who was thrown into the starting lineup due to the uh, Lonzo Ball COVID issue and then the uh, the injury to Alex Caruso ended up causing Kobe White to be thrown into the starting lineup and he struggled defensively against, uh, against Trey Young. There was no doubt about it. Um, Kobe White didn't he didn't really have much of a defense on uh, on uh, Trey Young. It's really tough to defend one of the best dribblers, one of the best ball handlers in the NBA with a point guard who is really offensive minded. Kobe White's never really had a good defensive game at all, so it was definitely tough to uh, to have him to have him guard Trey Young there. But Io Desumu came in off the bench and he played some really strong defense on uh, on on uh, Trey Young in this one. I mean, he had a really nice uh, really nice defensive game for the Bulls. Um, so definitely a kid who I've been very high on. Uh, he came in basically, and he came in that second quarter and really changed things. Uh, Trey Young definitely had a lot more struggle to score six points in that second quarter. Um, so Io Desumu, what a nice job defensively. He's a kid who just throw him, throw him in there, and he gives a lot of a lot of energy to that uh, to the guys on the on the uh, courts. He's able to play strong defense. He can also help out on the offensive side. So. Um, Really nice job by Io Desumu, really stepping up big uh, with Kobe White not really being able to do much. Kobe White, however, did come out of the uh, come out of the locker room uh, for the second half, and he scored ten points and hit two three pointers uh, in that third quarter. So he definitely was able to turn around nicely. He ended this game with thirteen points, uh, four rebounds in twenty five minutes. Uh, so Kobe White was able to change ch- turn it around there. Uh, I'm still a pretty big advocate for having Io Desumu start over Kobe White. I feel like that might be a little bit smarter here i feel like uh desumu overall just plays a, a much better game you no know, defensively got to look at him and how much better he is than kobe white i'm a big advocate for having um for having Io desumu in the starting lineup when you no know, when lonzo and caruso aren't healthy but um still kobe white was able to come out of the uh come out of the second or come out of the locker room for the second half and uh and really turn things around there we also saw javante green play a pretty nice game as well he only had two points he did have six rebounds in 29 minutes but he also played this pretty strong defensive game uh so i definitely like the way uh the bulls came in here and really just really showed off uh why they're one of the best teams in the nba because they just they look so good in this one uh hawks have now lost eight straight games at home they are now 15 and 18 on the season they were having a lot of injuries before this uh cam reddish actually stepped up big time for them 33 points in 40 minutes but still uh not enough there for the hawks uh so the bulls take a nice victory they move to 21 and 10 on the season they're gonna be taking on the hawks again tomorrow this time at the united center uh hawks should be getting some more guys back that game gonna be at seven o'clock at the united center like i said 
Hopefully the Bulls will be able to pick up another victory there. Um, now we've seen you know, the, the Hawks have a lot of injury issues as well. You now they were able to get Trey Young back for the game, but uh, right now still they got a lot of guys who are who are struggling with COVID. They got a lot of guys who are struggling with other injuries. So uh, hopefully the Bulls are able to take advantage of that again. Um, really also liking the way Chris Fleming is running this team in the absence of uh, Billy Donovan being the interim head coach. But uh, nice game for the Bulls. They hope to uh, pick up another victory tomorrow. And now let's turn to the Blackhawks, who are still off, still are, uh, are without games. But Tyler Johnson has skated for the first time today uh, since his neck surgery. So that's a good sign there. Uh, Johnson had the same uh, same neck surgery that Jack Eichel had. Uh, Eichel had his surgery on November 12th, and he started skating again with the Vegas Golden Knights on December 2nd. So it was about a about a three-week recovery time there for Johnson or for Eichel. So it's pretty much the same thing for uh, Tyler Johnson as well. He suffered his neck injury on the 29th of October against the Carolina Hurricanes but he didn't he didn't have the surgery till uh so pretty recently I want to say it was just before December that he actually had that surgery so pretty much about the same uh maybe a little bit longer than three weeks there but um Pretty much the same uh, same rest time for both those guys. So good sign there that Tyler Johnson's back on the ice. Uh, we've seen some other guys step up big time in his absence, but uh, right now I'm, I'm definitely liking the fact that Tyler Johnson's back on the ice here. I feel like he'll bring a nice veteran presence back to the team. You also saw uh, Judar Kara come back on the ice, uh, and he's possibly going to be ready for Saturday against the Predators, hoping that that game actually happens. Uh, Predators have had their share of uh, COVID issues as well, so hopefully we're going to see uh, the Hawks actually play a game, but Judar Kara back on the ice would definitely definitely be nice uh, for the Blackhawks as well, bring a nice enforcer in there. So uh, hopefully those two two guys are going to be uh, returning to the ice shortly. Hopefully the Hawks will be returning to the ice shortly. It's been a long time. Uh, now let's go over Excuse me. Now let's go over some Bears players who I thought uh, had some really nice games and some Bears players who I thought had some really poor games against the uh, Seattle Seahawks in Week 16. First guy who I felt like had a really strong game was Nick Foles. Uh, he he had a pretty nice game. I I wasn't it wasn't really overly impressive. It was pretty safe quarterback play, uh, but he didn't screw it up. He did not mess up. He didn't completely blow the game for the Bears here. Uh, didn't throw an interception at all. Um, no, not not bad for a third string quarterback at all. I feel like he actually uh, had some pretty nice uh, had some pretty nice moments there. But relatively safe quarterback play. But still, um, no, he was able to prove that he's you no know, he's still able to get some victory. He's still able to play football. So um, Nick Foles, I definitely was pretty happy with the way he played. I was not very optimistic going into that game, but he was able to, uh, to do it. Now we got Khalil Herbert. Uh, Khalil Herbert's a guy who's been really struggling to get carries with the uh, with the return of David Montgomery. Uh, we weren't really shocked to see that, although David Montgomery's a guy who's going to demand somewhere somewhere north of thirty carries a game. I'm saying, um, so it doesn't shock me at all that we had seen Khalil Herbert sort of absent in the offense. But uh, he was able to put up some more carries in this one. Uh, he got only uh, he took two carries for twenty yard. Uh, one of his two carries for twenty yards for a touchdown, uh, and he was out. Averaging 18 yards per kick return as well. Without Shaquem Grant, we were able to see him uh, take some uh, take some more kick returns. Uh, but I thought he had a pretty nice game as well. I'm a pretty big fan of Khalil Herbert. Uh, no kid who didn't really uh, wasn't really expected to do much. Ended up coming in as a third string running back and really performing for those three weeks that we didn't see um, David uh, David Montgomery in the offense. So. Uh, Khalil Herbert is a guy I'm pretty. Um, I was pretty impressed with as well in this game. Uh, the next kid was Daz. The uh, next player was Daz Newsome. Uh, Daz Newsome uh, didn't get a lot of chances coming out of, coming out of his uh, his final season at North Carolina. I uh, was immediately put on the practice squad. Um, 
But he did have some nice, uh, nice showing as a punt returner. He was able to put up a, uh, he was able to put up a uh, pretty nice first return uh, with a 28-yard return that ended up putting up the Bears' first touchdown. So he was able to help out there. Um, but really, he didn't really do much as a receiver. But as a punt returner, he did pretty well. So uh, no, like again, like I said, similar to Herbert, without the, uh, you no, know, without Jakeem Grant in the uh, in the mix there with that injury, uh, you're able to see a lot other, a lot more guys step up on the uh, special teams play. And some guys who I felt like did not perform very well was Jermaine Effetti. Jermaine Effetti, I don't understand why he's really still in the offense or why he's really still on the field. Um, Larry Borum has done so much better than he has. Um, he was constantly getting beat off the edge. Uh, I know he was constantly having a couple. Uh, he was having a couple false starts there. Uh, he was having a couple, in, couple of uh, no issues with penalties. Uh, so really, Jermaine Effetti, I don't know why he's really playing still Larry Borum definitely deserves a bigger uh no to be in his spot which is the right tackle position I don't really understand why he isn't since he's been uh a part of this offense for uh no or been playing much longer than Effetti has Effetti's been on IR for, for most of the year here so um really I don't understand why he's still getting a a role with this team Next guy is uh, Tease Tabor, and Tease Tabor uh, was really only playing due to the COVID issues the Bears were having in their secondary, um, but still, I, he just didn't play very good at all. He's sort of washed, I think, you know, coming out of you know, Detroit, being a second-round pick, uh, just really has never had much success at all. The penalties have always been a huge issue. We saw his unnecessary roughness penalty. Uh, you know, we saw him you know, giving up some big plays there, so really, just I didn't like seeing him on the field at all. I don't really know why he's going to keep getting playing time or actually I don't know if he's going to keep getting playing time once uh, we get healthier in that secondary there and the next guy is Eddie Goldman. Eddie Goldman has just played his second uh, second least amount of, uh, of football in this season behind that Cardinals game. So he played the least amount of snaps uh, he had all season besides for that Cardinals game. So um, it seems as if Eddie Goldman's role is sort of going down and we're starting to see you know, guy, other guys start stepping up here. Um, so really, I'm not really sure what's going on with Eddie Goldman here. Uh, no, he is here for, no, he is here for the long term. He did sign that extension. So right now, I don't really know what's going on with him but I mean the the, plat, the fact that his playing time's going down has to indicate something for the Bears here so maybe they're just trying to turn away from him maybe they want to go towards some younger guys but I don't know what's going on with him but that's just a weird weird situation there and now let's turn to the White Sox. Now let's talk about why Jeff McNeil could be a really nice pickup for the White Sox. Um, so McNeil, the Mets second baseman, or was supposed to be the Mets second baseman, uh, was sort of forced out of that role uh, due to the acquisition of Javi Baez. That the uh, when the Mets traded uh, traded for Baez from the Cubs, uh, sort of got forced out of that role, and he wasn't really having a particularly great year, hitting two fifty one uh, with seven home runs, thirty five RBIs, uh, an OPS of of. Uh, uh, six thirty, uh, six seventy nine, and an OPS plus of eighty eight. So that was, those were career lows, career low numbers for him. He was a guy who's constantly hit over three hundred, uh, almost every year here. Actually, actually every year he hit over three hundred before this season, where he started to really struggle. And the second base position is the big position the Sox need to fill. Um, that's the only position I'd say that they really don't have their solidified piece. Um, now, you have some younger guys like Jake Berger who could come up and play. You have uh, Romy Gonzalez who could come up and play, but he's not really a starting second baseman unless he really you know, shows that he can be a starting second baseman. And after you traded Nick Madrigal and you got rid of Cesar Hernandez, you don't really have that that uh, second baseman here. So uh, McNeil would be a great, a great pickup for the Sox uh, considering 
considering the fact that both teams don't want to trade uh know the, the Mets want to trade McNeil and the Sox want to trade away Craig Kimbrell I think this would honestly be a nice uh, nice move here if you were to trade uh if you were to trade McNeil for Kimbrell just straight up uh, I feel like that could be a nice move there uh the Mets do sort of have the sim- the same situation as the Sox do uh where they have their closer Edwin Diaz is their is their closer for the for the future here and Craig Kimbrell is you no know, supposed to be in a closer role we saw I know him really struggle when he wasn't in a closer role so um, maybe that could you know that could be a deterrent for them but I honestly wouldn't see an issue with Craig Kimbrell for Jeff McNeil straight up I feel like both uh, I feel like McNeil still has a lot of upside I feel like Kimbrell if the Mets want to win right now I feel like Kimbrell would be a nice pickup for their bullpen which is uh, at times uh, at times lackluster their starting pitching is very strong but their bullpen has uh, at times struggled so I honestly would be uh, really happy with a possible Jeff McNeil, Craig Kimbrell trade there. I feel like he'd uh, he'd bring a nice piece to the uh, the White Sox second base role with where he'd most likely be splitting time with uh, Larry Garcia, who signed his extension this offseason. He's going to be here, uh, I guess, most likely longer than McNeil if they were to make a trade there. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys tomorrow.